Praise God. I want to um, I want to share something with you tonight, and uh, Bishop's out of town, and so I chose rather than kind of a putting this on somebody else tonight, I'd do it, and so hopefully you're not tired of my voice yet tonight, and bear a little bit more of it. So the um, I, I, I I've uh, as, as I've referred to a couple of times now in, in services, it, the, uh, the video that I shared with our uh, congregation leaders a couple of weeks back and the message that uh, Brother David Bernard, our general superintendent, preached at, um, at Because of the Times. And, and the, the message was, he talked about the greatest need in the apostolic church today and that that greatest need was faith. And and I have to say, and, and I'm assuming by the references I've made to it and the things, the way I've used it, you can tell, but that message has stuck with me. It's challenged me. It's been working on me. And it's kind of, uh, it was, it was, uh, neat the other day. I, I happened to go on, um, uh, brother, uh, the, brother Timothy Lee's, the Tabernacle of Joy, their website. And they got a lot of great stuff on there. If you, if you are one of those people like me that like to listen, watch stuff throughout the day, if you're able to do that in the work environment you're in or whatever, there's some great stuff on there. There's some really, really great stuff on there, brother and sister Joe Strand, which they're actually going to be here for an event uh, in a couple of months that will be um, um, open for, for leadership. But anyway, I, I went on there the other day and, and I was just kind of scanning and I I happened to notice the title of one of Brother Timothy, or I think it was Brother Lee's first message back in Singapore, and guess what it was? Greatest need in the church today is faith. And so, I, I got to be honest with you, in one way it was encouraging, in a sense, in the sense that I, I don't want to feel like, you know, Brother Owens, I, I got some problem that nobody else has, that I've got some struggle. And so, I, 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 while on one hand, you know, it's, you need faith could be kind of negative. It's also good to know that we're, I'm not the only one. At least I think it's good to know I'm not the only one that has struggled at times with faith. And so th- this idea of faith is just, we prayed about it Saturday night at the, at the men's prayer meeting. And uh, um, Scripture says in Hebrews, He that cometh to God, there's two things in there. He that cometh to God, first of all, must believe that He is. That He is, simply that He is God. Thank you, Brother Stewart. Sorry for springing this on you this way. You must believe that He is. He is. He is God. But that's the first part of it. The second part is you gotta believe He is a, He is a rewarder. He's not just God, but He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Last night in the, in the prayer meeting, we, we ended up praying for uh, we, we actually, there was, for those of you that weren't here, there was a young lady, uh, her and her mother attend the Arnold congregation and she has, uh, what they think is a brain tumor. And, um, so she came last night specifically for prayer and we prayed for her. And after we prayed for her, just felt led to, to pray for, for physical needs. And, and when we concluded that, Brother Whaley told me he felt like he had something to say and, and he shared and, 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 and uh, again, I realize some of you were here and heard it yourself, but if you'll permit me to use it tonight, that there are a lot of times when we respond to a, an opportunity for prayer for our needs that we, we really aren't expecting, really aren't believing that God's going to do something. And, and uh, you know, I've, I've said it before, I think it's a lot easier to receive what you need from God probably during worship than it is during burden bearing. Because usually I think what happens to us in our, our natural man is you're invited to come pray for a need. And so you make the walk down to the front. And what are you thinking about on your way down to the front? My need. The more I walk, the bigger my need gets. <laughs> the smaller God gets. So I, not only do I have to come and pray, i got to come with a faith and an expectancy. Not only is he God, but he's going to respond. He's going to do something. Something's going to happen. 
So he must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek them. And so, you know, Hebrews also tells us from talking about the children of Israel that that the promises and the word did not benefit them. Why? Because it wasn't mixed with faith. And so I, I, I guess I'm a little obsessed right now, Brother Bishop, I know... You, you've been known for as long as you've been in the church to be a man of faith and unwavering faith. So be patient with a few of us while we go in our ups and our downs. But I, but I gotta tell you, I just, it just seems like it's not very far from my subconscious the last couple of weeks, just this idea of faith. And I want my faith to be renewed. I want my confidence, not only that He is God, but he is a rewarder. He is, he is a prayer answerer. He will respond and may not be when I want him to, may not be exactly how I want him to, but he will. And so, um, actually it was, uh, I think a day or so after the, a couple of weeks ago when I shared the, the video with the, the elders and, uh, Brother Simpson in an email just, uh, is he in here? Is he teaching? I think he may be teaching tonight. He mentioned something, uh, to me and, and, and it's, it's kind of been there in the back of my mind. And so as I was thinking about tonight and kind of feeling after the Lord, uh, it kind of came back to me. So if you would, uh, if you have your Bible or electronically or physically, if you would, if you want to turn with me to Ephesians chapter six, going to start reading with verse number 10. And it's probably going to be a very familiar passage to basically everyone. Paul says this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. How many of you ever read the the book, This Present Darkness? If you've never... Partly this came to me, my, uh, my daughter Esther's reading it right now. If you've never read the book, This Present Darkness, you owe it to yourself to read it. Because it, 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 I'm not, uh, it's, I'm not saying it's absolutely 100% accurate, but if you wanna, if you wanna get a more real picture of this natural and this spiritual realm, we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. I said it the other night. Sometimes just standing is the victory you're supposed to have at that point. You haven't quit. You haven't given up. You haven't turned around and gone backwards. You're just still standing. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench the fire, all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And so going back to 16 is where I want to draw your focus to for a little bit here tonight. Above all, above all, and I, I, I tried to study that out, and the best I can the best I can understand, not only from translations, but from what the words mean, it, it's not necessarily saying above all in the sense of of more important than anything else. At least that's not the way I, I that, that's not the way I understood it. Above all, the way I, the way I sort of was understood was overall. So you've got all this armor on, but then on top of that, take the shield of faith. The shield of faith. Now now, I think I was going to mention this later. I'll mention it right now. I don't know about you, but when I think of shield, I think of, you know, Captain America or something like that. A shield. I actually have in my office a shield that uh, was given to me when, when I spoke in the uh, um, district conference with the Hemuses a couple of years ago. 
uh, for their district conference in Liverpool. And it, it's, it's a shield, and it's, it's probably about that wide and, and maybe about that tall. And, and you can kind of tell how it's designed intended to sort of be held. But there, there's a lot of space <laughs> with that shield. There's a lot of space with what I typically think of as a shield. But this word shield, when you, when you look at the Greek word, that the word door is actually a part of the definition of the word. And one of the commentaries said that this shield he's talking about is, is about four feet tall by about two and a half feet wide. So, so it's a shield that you basically, by kneeling down, most of us could pretty much get totally behind it. So it's not a shield you're standing there with that the majority of you is exposed, but it's a shield again that, that naturally speaking, you could, you could pretty much get yourself covered by it. And so he says, above all of this, helmet of salvation, all this stuff, above all that, the shield of what? Faith. The shield of faith. Now, I gotta tell you, and I don't, I don't even, I don't really have a handle totally on it, but as I keep thinking about this, I, I, I sort of, faith to me is more offensive. I kind of imagine faith as being offensive and on the move, but a shield is more of a defensive weapon. So what he's saying here, the, 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 the wiles, the, or excuse me, the fiery darts that come at me, the way that I deal with those is the shield of faith. There is a shield that if I take it, notice what Paul said, you have to, I'm, I'm adding a little bit, but it's the context, you have to put on the armor. Sorry, but God doesn't get you up every morning and dress you for your day. I have to put on, I have to put on the whole armor of God. I've got to exercise the shield of faith. The Amplified says, verse 16, this way, lift up over all the covering shield of saving faith upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one. The Living Bible says it this way, in every battle... You will need faith as your shield to stop the fiery arrows aimed at you by Satan. In every battle, you will need faith as the shield to stop the fiery arrows aimed at you by Satan. Yours and my human reasoning, natural logic, natural understanding will never quench the fiery darts of the evil one. Never. It's never going to happen. How many times I think we try to combat the fiery darts with our humanity, our, our, our conscious mind, our natural man. I mean, there are some things the devil says to me that in my natural mind, that, that doesn't make sense. You're wrong. I don't need scripture. I don't need the word of God. That, that's wrong. <laughs> but even at that, my response is not supposed to try to oppose it with my natural man. I need the shield of faith. I need faith as my shield. What does faith say? Faith says that with God, all things are possible. We're going to get into a little bit here in a minute. But as he's throwing those, those, those are shooting the arrows of doubt and unbelief. The thing that protects me is a shield of faith. And so whatever he throws at me, the shield of faith quenches it. It blocks it. And it responds with something that is opposite of what he's saying. So as doubt come, the feet, the shield of faith, quenches that fiery dart and responds with a confidence in God and who He is and what He can do. Barnes Notes says this, The shield was an ingenious device by which blows and arrows might be parried off and the whole body defended. It could be made to protect the head or the heart or thrown behind to meet all attack there. 
As long as the soldier had his shield, he felt secure. And as long as a Christian has faith, he is safe. It comes to his aid in every attack that is made on him. No matter from what quarter, it is the defense and guardian of every other Christian grace. You hear that? Helmet of salvation, all those other things. Faith is what empowers those, if you will. If I don't have faith, then I'm not going to have confidence in a helmet of salvation and, 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 and all of those other things that are part of the armor of God that I'm wearing. It is faith. It is the defense and the guardian of every other Christian grace. And it secures the protection which the Christian needs in the whole of the spiritual war. He says this, in regard to the fiery darts, we may observe these four things. Number one, they come suddenly like arrows sped from a bow. Anybody know what it's like to have a thought? Come from out of nowhere? Whether it's a doubting thought, it's a lustful thought, fear, whatever, just, whoa, where'd that come from? You know what, you know what's, what's sad is when those fiery darts like that come from out of nowhere and then we allow the devil to come on top of that with condemnation. See, you are, you're such a bad, how could you be a Christian and have that thought? Wait a minute, you just shot it at me. And now you're going to blame me for it. So they come suddenly, like arrows sped from a bow. Number two, they come from unexpected quarters, like arrows shot suddenly from an enemy in ambush. But you know what it's like? You just, I mean, you're walking along and... Things are going well, and you're feeling good, and then phew, all of a sudden, man, where'd that come from? And now you find yourself in a, in a struggle and turmoil. Number three, they pierce and penetrate and torment the soul as arrows would that are on fire. See, what that arrow does is, if, if that arrow can land, it starts something. Best example I can think of that I've overused in various ways, but it's, it's, I can't think of a better one in this context. It's that whole deal of, you know what, you, you could be sitting in your house in the middle of the daytime and there could be, there could be some noise happen and you don't think twice about it. Don't even worry, don't even wonder. But you lay down at midnight, 1 a.m. and hear the same noise. And it's a whole different ball game. What you didn't even think twice about in the daytime at night is now the mass murderer that escaped from the worst prison and they can't find and he is in your house. And if you're married, you are so blessed to, and you're the man, you are so blessed to be able to be the the great warrior to go find out. Did, did you hear that? No. I was sound asleep. I heard something. Okay. Silence. Well, aren't you going to go look? For what? I don't know what I'm looking for. I didn't hear anything. How about I go back to sleep and you go look? <laughs> if there ever happens to be somebody, the only hope I have is to slow them down long enough for them to jump out the windows. Because I'm walking around unarmed. I guess I need to keep a baseball bat by the bed. At least pick something up if I got to go investigate the noise. You know, I, 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 I've told this story before, but a couple years back, I, 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 I noticed a, a bump and, 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 uh, and I got to investigating it online. 
Oops is a nice way of putting it, Brother Jed. It's amazing how quickly you can find your symptom. And then it's also amazing how quickly your symptom is associated with something that's horrible. And I, I'm, by the time I got done, I'm like, oh my God, I'm about, I got a hard road ahead of me. And, and my wife and I were, we, we were, uh, we were sort of starting to have a little bit of a spat and she, I think she was about to go out of town and something and I'm like, I'm sorry, I know you don't know this, but I, I, th- I got something really wrong with me. <laughs> How often does the enemy do that to us? One dart, but it catches flame. And then our problem is we start just trying to stamp it out rather than responding with the shield of faith. Not just arguing with him, but combating him with a shield of faith. Responding with declaring. And the scripture says this, I believe, therefore, have I thought. That's what we do. I believe. So I'm thinking, no, 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 no. At some point, faith's got to be vocalized. He said, I believe, therefore, have I spoken. And so my reaction to those fiery darts is the shield of faith, which turns it around on the enemy and declares faith and confidence for the accusations and the doubts and the criticisms and the unbeliefs that he throws my way. Fourthly, what they do is they set the soul on fire and enkindle the worst. Now, there's a couple of different things here, but there's only really one thing I'm trying to focus on tonight. If the rest applies, so be it. But it enkindles the worst passions as fiery darts do a ship or a camp or camp against which they are sent. The only way to meet them is by the shield of faith, by confidence in God, and by relying on His gracious promises and aid. It is not by our own strength, and if we have not, if we have not faith in God, we are wholly defenseless. We should have a shield that we can turn in any direction on which we may receive the arrow and by which it may be put out. You know what? Sometimes those, those fiery darts don't come strictly from the devil. <laughs> Sometimes he, he happens to, to kind of know how to maneuver others in our lives to And and I don't mean accusations in the, even though that can, but I, again, in the context of tonight, the doubts and the, and the questions and the unbelief. A spouse, a child, a parent. You you mean, you really believe, you really believe God's going to do that? You really believe God answers prayer? You really believe God's going to take care of you? You really believe God's going to work this out? And next thing you know, the soul starts letting it all churn. By the time, by the time that dart's done burning, your world has fallen apart. Jameson Fawcett and Brown says this. I, I love this point here. It says you shall be able. Going back to verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able. Not merely you may. Not that you may be able. Not that you might. The shield of faith will certainly intercept and so quench all the fire-wrapped darts. Ancient fire darts were formed of cane with tow and combustibles ignited on the head so as to set fire to wood, to woodwork, tents, etc. It shall be able shall be able. It's not a matter of the shield of faith may quench. Hopefully it'll quench. But if I can get that shield of faith, if I can put on the rest of the armor and get that shield of faith established and I can get my position behind that shield of faith, it's never going to fail me in quenching the fiery darts of the enemy. He says of the wicked one, of the evil one, faith conquers his darts 
of temptation to of temptation to wrath, lust, revenge, despair, doubt, unbelief. It overcomes the world, and so the prince of the world. I, I had a kind of interesting experience today. I, I think I, I noticed something, and hopefully I can learn from it. There is a, and I think this is pretty obvious, this isn't going to be anything nobody doesn't know, but there's a difference between what's going on in my natural mind and what's going on in my spirit. I, I think I said it the other night. The uh, is that the wind? Wow, that's a rushing mighty wind. <laughs> Open the door, let it fill all the house. Uh, we 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 do not have to reach a place where where I, I have absolutely no doubt. Listen, if all you have to have is faith the size of a mustard seed, that leaves a lot of room for other stuff. (laughs) And I'm hoping, I'm assuming and I'm hoping I'm not the only one that struggles sometimes because I've got, I know I have faith. I know I have confidence, not only that he is, but that he is a rewarder. He's a prayer answerer. But then over here on this other side, man, I got some, I don't know if he will or not. And I've tried a lot of times to reach the point where where all of the doubt is completely pushed out and it's all faith. But that's not what we've got to achieve. Doubt's not the issue. Honesty is the issue. Honesty is the issue because the, the, the man came to Jesus with his child and said, Lord, I believe. That's where most of us stop. I believe. Woo-hoo. And we stop there and we don't tell the rest of the story. But that man said, Lord, I believe, but I need you to help my unbelief. And notice the Lord, what the Lord didn't do. He did not respond to that man and rebuke him and scold him. How could you have doubt and unbelief in me? You go work on that and come back and I'll, no. He said, Lord, I believe. I need you to help my unbelief. And he got the answer to his prayer. Could it be that God's not waiting on you to get rid of all your doubt? He's just waiting on you to willingly confess. Okay, God, I do believe, but you, of course, you already know it, but I need to say it. (laughs) Help. Help my unbelief. My, My wife and I are leaving tomorrow morning. We're going to, uh, going to Jamaica for a, a global missions, uh, we used to be called foreign missions, global missions meeting, participating in the Jamaican National Convention, and then going to get a little bit of R&R in there as well. But realized about a month ago, <laughs> Brother Jolin, that her passport was expired. <laughs> so... Decided to use one of these passport agencies online, which I've actually done before. And it was, we decided to use the passport agency. And so, uh, two weeks ago, got all the stuff to them, everything they needed. Well, come to find out, there was, I had mismarked something. And so I, I used my stuff like that. I used my second email because I don't want to be bombarded all the time with my, everyday email with stuff and so unfortunately I got an email Friday that I didn't see until Monday that there was something missing or needed to be fixed and so I frantically go and overnight it to them Monday they get it Tuesday and so uh, I'm trying to call and get some kind of assurance it's going to be all right I'm starting to hear cha-ching, cha-ching as I call the airlines and I call the hotels and have to cancel and they tell me you're not getting your money back. Sorry. So I, uh, I will, I'll be nice and I won't tell you the name of the place. If you ever need a passport and need a recommendation, come see me privately and I'll tell you who not to use, but I will be kind. And From 4.30 yesterday, they closed at 5.00. From 4.30 to 5 p.m. yesterday, 
throughout today, I literally, I'll show you my phone after we get done if you want to see it. I literally called almost 60 times and got two answers. Two human, two times out of all of that, a human being. None yesterday. <laughs> I'm sending emails to the person that's my agent for the, my case and hearing nothing. I don't get upset very often. I guard my tongue most of the time pretty well. But every now and then, finally after my last email expressing the extent of my frustration, I did get a response. And so they, they put me, what was supposed to happen is, you know, they were supposed to get the passport and then just FedEx it to me. So at 2.30 today, the response I got was, here's our courier's number, call him directly. So I'm going to end up going to do now what I should could have initially done myself. So I, I call this guy, and, and he, there's still no guarantee that the passport's done. And and so I, I finally, I'm sitting at my desk, and he was worried that once he found out that I could actually make it to D.C. before he went to work. And so finally, I, I did decide, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to exercise a little bit of faith here. I got in my car, and I left, started driving to D.C., waiting on the call. But I got to D.C., and I, I pulled into a McDonald's. I still hadn't heard from him. And and uh, I'm, I'm sitting there. I didn't want to pester him. I didn't want to bug him. So I was purposely reining myself in from calling. And and it was. And I, I'm I'm sorry to bore you with my story, but I I am getting somewhere with this. This this, this around three o'clock. Something happened where I, I, I honestly I I had this sense, it's gonna be okay. Almost, I could, I, as weird as it sounds, almost literally down here, <laughs> I had this sense, it's going to be okay. Up here, <laughs> I'm like, I'm hoping it's going to be okay, but I'm, I have no confidence. And yet I kept, and then, and then here's what happened, and I, I hope I can help somebody and not bore you with my own personal drama, but. I started, my mind was saying, Brother Owens, I feel a peace. This was the best word for it. I feel a peace that this is going to be fine. But then my mind said, what if I choose to trust that peace? And, it, and then it doesn't happen. Making sense to anybody? Am I just out in left field? I, I sensed. I got. I, I don't know. I told my wife. I told somebody else. I don't know the last time I've been so since Monday when I got that email. I, I have been so stressed all week. I mean, I want to go on this trip. I'm looking forward to the services and all that. And my wife and I could really use a little bit of time away from the four cherubs that God has blessed us with. Just to kind of, it's been a crazy busy couple of weeks and all that. But. You know, the, the the money part really was a bigger thing. I'm like, I, I don't really want to just, you know, donate money to Southwest and donate to hotels and all that. And so, I, I mean, I'm, I'm like, I mean, it's been, I, I've been tense. And it took me pretty much the whole way home back from D.C., which took a while in traffic, to finally sort of feel that. And the frustrating thing is, now hindsight is, you know what, if I would have trusted my faith. I know that's natural. I realize, but you know what? I think God cares about our lives. So if I would have trusted my faith, I think I probably got a couple extra gray hairs now from this week. If I would have trusted my faith, if I would have allowed the shield of faith. Now, I know I'm talking about something really, really just natural and whatever, but if there's any chance what I'm saying is true, and I do believe it is, I wouldn't be saying it. How much more should it be in the spiritual? Right, right. Sit here tonight, some of you got loved ones, parents, children that are lost, never been saved. Some of you got them that are backslidden. Maybe somebody sitting here tonight with spouse that's lost. 
that somewhere along the way you are, you know God has given you the assurance down here, if you will. God has given you the assurance. But up here, what is it that somehow, somehow brings these two worlds together and that this world of peace finally overpowers this natural world? It's the shield of faith. Oh, I, I know this is, I know I'm so simpleton. I know this is one another one of my great simple not great in the sense that it's great, but another one of my hugely simple messages. Just because stuff is simple doesn't mean we got it. Just because it's simple doesn't mean we are living it and, 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 and experiencing it. There is a shield of faith that is able to quench every fiery dart. Now, now in the context of what he's saying... The, the, the dart hits the shield. So therefore, if I'm, if I'm holding that shield and I'm, I'm gonna know something hit me, it's not that I'm gonna be free from all, all adversity and free from all the, no, no, no. What it, but what it is is the effectiveness. The scripture says in Isaiah, good old Ray Lewis made it popular a couple of years ago in the NFL. No weapon. Formed against me will prosper. I don't know that when Isaiah used used of the Lord to prophesy that he was thinking about the Ravens and the Super Bowl and all that. I, I really don't. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Do, do you notice what that verse says? See, I think a lot of times what we subconsciously kind of think is there will be no weapon formed against me. Not what it says. What it's saying is the weapon will be formed. Might be formed to the extent you might even see the weapon. But it will not prosper. It will not accomplish what it was intended to do. I think sometimes we expect that there just won't be any weapons against us. No. There will be weapons. They will be formed. Sometimes they will be in the process of doing what they were sent to do, but they cannot accomplish what they were intended to do. And I think one of the ways they don't accomplish that is at some point, maybe they hit a shield of faith. And so that dart, that fiery dart is quenched by my shield of faith. Listen to what first John says. Verse John 5 and verse number 4. For whatsoever is born of God. Don't read the rest. Don't look at the rest right here. Don't, hold on, hold on. How many of you have been born of God? You've been born again. Almost every, every adult in this place tonight. You've been born again. If you have been born again, whatever is born of God overcometh the world. Not might overcome, not may overcome, but as, as being born again, I've got a guarantee that I'm going to overcome the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. What? Even our faith. The victory that overcomes the world is our faith. Not only, again, and, and as, as Brother Bernard preached and whatever, is, is there a great need in the apostolic church for faith? The bottom line is, in today's world, in all, in, in, as Christians and as believers, there is a need for faith. I know that's, that's obvious in one way, but in, in, in another way, there's never been more attack upon our faith and our beliefs than we, are, than we face now, or at least in, from so many different vantage points. And, 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 and technology and TV and all this kind of stuff. And so it's our faith that is going to overcome the world. Amen. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, if my biblical understanding right is right, 1 John is an epistle. And therefore, he is writing to saints. He's not telling unbelievers what you got to do. He's telling the saints, 
You got to believe that Jesus is the son of God. You got to believe that he's got the power and the ability and not just that he is, but that he is a rewarder of them that seek him. Amplified Bible says it this way. For whatsoever is born of God is victorious over the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world, even our faith. Who is it that is victorious over that conquers the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God, who adheres to, trusts in, and relies on that fact. Lastly, the New Living Translation says it this way, For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. Through our faith. Now we know that faith without works is... There's got to be some action. There's got to be works to our faith. That's, that's kind of what I did this afternoon. You know what? I can sit here and wait for a call hoping that this is going to work out. Or I can get in my car and I can ex- exercise some faith. And again, I realize that's very minor in, in the scheme of eternity and all that, all right? But just let me use it as my example here tonight. We achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You know what the awesome thing about faith being active in our lives is, is faith isn't consumed by present circumstances. Faith always sees beyond here and now. When, when, when Paul says, we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. The things which are seen are temporal. The things which are not seen are eternal. He says, what is that? That's faith. That's faith that decides, you know what? What I can see with my natural eye is not eternal. It's not going to last forever. Some of you are in some trials and trust, uh, 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 tests and tribulation right now. It's not going to last forever. You know what, what, what's, what's usually talked about when you, when Job is preached about? His trial, his trial, his trial. We pretty much have made Job's entire life his trial. I mean, Job's life was really the, the, the way we could communicate and think about it. Job's whole life was this epic trial. Job was, a, if I'm not mistaken, Job lived to be a couple hundred years old, didn't he? That trial... That trial, but that just, that just kind of shows you our nature. We take what was, and I know, I'm, believe me, I, I realize it was pretty uh, serious stuff that happened, but we, we, we have an, identified an entire life by this, this peace. You ever been through one of those things that seemed like it lasted forever, and then you finally get through it, and it, then it seems like it was, centuries ago what would happen i i had this is a little more spiritual than my example from today years ago any any former antioch christian school teachers here well, there's some downstairs several you know a- acs yes obviously there are sorry <laughs> acs was was operated for 35 years on a majority of voluntary staff majority of the staff was volunteers mostly mothers with their children that were in the school, but they weren't paid. And so, you know, when you're not paying, it's, it's hard to recruit. <laughs> and it was always, I was principal of the school from 96 until it, until it closed. And, and most, of, there was a good portion of that time. That was my primary focus here at the church and ministry and all that. And, and so every summer, basically the same thing happened. We, we, we always needed more staff. Always needed more staff, and 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 there was one year in particular. We we, we I found out in like mid July, late or, or late July that that I think somebody that was supposed to come to work at, at the school it, it, it fell through, and so we had this. It was at that point it was a significant 
need. And, 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 and so I'm starting to stress about it. And, and I can remember sort of having this conversation with myself. Maybe this is kind of what it meant when David encouraged himself in the Lord. I started having this conversation with myself that, you know what, in, 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 just, a, in just, just a couple of weeks, it's going to be time for school to start, and the school year is going to start, and God will have worked this out. So don't worry about it. I don't know how many times I had that conversation with myself. Stop worrying. Stop fretting. You're going to get here. It's going to get here before you know it. And when it gets here, God will have taken care of it. Guess what happened? September got there. God took care of it. It was all fine. Guess what I did for four or six weeks that I shouldn't have had to have done? Worry, fretted, stressed. You know why? Because I didn't have my shield I didn't have my shield up for the fiery darts. Closing, last verse. The book of Jude, which is one chapter, verse 20. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Amplified. But you, beloved, build yourselves up. Founded on your most holy faith. Make progress. Rise like an edifice higher and higher. How? Praying in the Holy Spirit. You building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. I am just... Full of examples here tonight. So last one. <laughs> Brother Bickley told me on Tuesday night that, that Emma was going to be coming last night for prayer. Brain tumor. I mean, we're, we're not talking, you know, broken ankle, stub toe, the flu. I mean, we're talking major. Part of me is like, yes, God can do a miracle Oh, this is going to be awesome. The other part of me is like, oh, boy. She came in here, and again, I know a lot of you were here, and so you experienced it, and some of you weren't. So for those of you that weren't here, this is what happened. For those of you that were here, this is what was going on with me. <laughs> I, I, as I was praying, and at one point, I, I knew why she was here. A couple others knew why she was here. So I knew at some point when, when I felt directed to, we were going to pray for her. And so as we were praying at one point, I said, I told her, we're going to be praying and special need here in a little bit. So I want you just to pray in the spirit for a little bit. And I got to tell you, I don't know that I've ever experienced before what I sensed last night. I don't know any results. I don't know if anything's changed or not. I have no idea. In all honesty, whether it does or not, I can't heal. And so if it doesn't happen, it's not my fault, not your fault. We did our part. That being said, and, and you, you know, you, you, most of you have been around here long enough, you've heard me talk some about myself in this context. I, I'm not the big feeler. and I mean that in the spirit. I mean, my spiritual giftings usually aren't about feeling. <laughs> People feel stuff and whatever. That's that's. I said it in the in the word cast the other day. I, some of you folks come to church and it looks to me like you feel God every time you come. I don't like you. I don't feel God every time I come to church. In fact, I feel like there's more times that I don't feel Him than I do. But I also know that if I can have faith in God that is separated from a feeling that's a lot stronger. But I, I just said, there, it was an amazing thing last night that as we began to pray in the Holy Ghost, I could feel that, that building up. And, and I think one reason, and, and I don't know that the average Bible scholar and modern day person would translate this verse the same way we are tonight. I'm sure a bunch of other 
denominations have a different take on praying in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> so be it. Since we are apostolic, and we have an understanding what praying in the Holy Ghost is, and speaking in tongues, the reason that's so effective is because my that part of me that today felt like it's all going to be okay, that part of me, that's what's released to pray when I pray in the Holy Ghost. And I put that natural side of me where all of those fiery darts like to attach themselves aside and my faith can be built even though my conscious mind is not aware of what I'm praying my 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 faith can be strengthened and built up as I pray in the Holy Ghost under normal circumstances Average everyday life, the enemy shoots fiery darts. But I believe when you are engaging yourself in the kingdom and in ministry, engaging in times like we are now with a little bit of an extra push and focus, I believe you become even more of a target for the fiery darts of the enemy. And so if we can have our shield of faith, it will, not might, not maybe, but it will quench every fiery dart. Father, I pray that you would help us tonight. God, I thank you for the things you're doing that's strengthening our faith, but we've got to individually apply it. We've got to individually put on the whole armor and individually establish that shield of faith to quench those fiery darts. I pray, God, that you would help every person in this place tonight. I pray that you would help me, God, that that shield of faith would be, would be operating in my life. And that as the enemy is shooting the fiery darts, the darts of doubt and, and questioning and fear and unbelief, that I would be able to stand behind the shield of faith and that it would quench every one of those darts in the name of Jesus Christ, by your grace tonight, Lord, help us to, to, to make that armor that you have provided for us active, that it might be able to do for us what you intended for it to do. In the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Pray that you have a blessed remainder of your week. Great weekend in Jesus' name.